This is Leafs Breakfast. Tavares, Tavares to the side, centers in front, they score! Nylander set up by the captain, has tied the game! Leafs come away with it again, Nylander, shooting, scores! This line is on fire, and Willie Nylander has got himself a four-point night! In the second period, four points for William Nylander, two goals and two assists. Reunited and it feels so good. Nylander and Tavares, Matthews and Marner back together, Coco. And what a second period it this was for the Toronto. line was on fire. <laughs> uh, indeed, they were. The Leafs win 5-2 over the Islanders. And we welcome in our hockey insider here at TSN, Chris Johnston. Good morning, CJ. Did you enjoy Carlos singing to get you going this morning? I love that. He's bringing the energy early. I appreciate <laughs> no it. No coffee energy, yeah. buddy. No coffee energy. <laughs> it's authentic. It is exactly. authentic. I told you. I, get it. I bring the energy when I well, get excited about something. And I'm excited to talk to CJ. I, we always are. And I don't know if the Leafs had a bunch of Starbucks delivered to the room after the first period, Chris. But this is something that's been a big storyline with this team all year. Their propensity just to come out in the second period and dominate. They are plus 29 in second periods this year. That's very, very impressive. And it's funny because on Saturday night against Montreal, they were a complete no-show in the second period. But they come out last night against the Islanders after one, and they looked incredible, led by Nylander and Tavares. Yeah, it was you know quite a turnaround in the game. And, and you know I think that we've seen maybe a little bit more maturity with this team this season. You know They haven't you know really after... It was a little bit rough in October, but from... The last three months now, I mean, they haven't had too many long losing streaks. I think that they are self-correcting internally better maybe than we've seen in the past, not not seeing games get away on them quite as much. And, you know, the Islanders, remember, coming into last night's game, have, have been struggling pretty good. And so, um, you know, that that would have been a tough game if the Leafs, you know, didn't find that, that, that push that they did and, you know, find a way to, to win it back. So I think that this group should be feeling – tremendous amount of confidence and feeling pretty good about um, the growth that they've seen. You know, I think you see it in some of the individuals, but, but certainly the team to me, they just, they're, they're better at uh, finding their way through the nights, maybe where things don't, don't go their way uh, the way they'd want, especially early. CJ, you talked about growth and I think there's one player that symbolizes that word perfectly with the way the success the Maple Leafs have had this year. And that's William Nylander. Are you, you know, what impresses you about the growth you've seen from him this season taking his game to an unbelievable next level? Yeah, I think it's the consistency for me. Um, you know, we, we I've, I've always been pretty high on William Nylander. I know he's been a, a, a player that's been debated a lot. In, I don't know. I've heard days. you speculate that he was supposed to get traded for two or three years now. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> no that, was, uh, that was Masters. That was Masters, <laughs> not CJ. No, but, you know, my point is, is like, to me, it's been clear that, that he was a very talented player. But let's face it, he's had stretches, I think, in the past where it kind of goes away. He's in and out a little bit. You know, I know it's something Sheldon Keefe has talked about a little bit, too. But, I, you know, this year... He's he's found a way to to be at that level more often than not. I don't think he's a, you know what's really kind of cool is is I don't think we contributed success just to his centers. You know, obviously he spent a lot of time with Austin Matthew this this year, but you know he seems to be a driver a lot of nights, and um, you know that's I just think that's good news for the team. 
you know, right now you, you look at their, they got three players well over a point per game with him, Matthews and Marner. Tavares is just a hair under that. I mean, this is, this is how the, this is how it's supposed to work, right? With the, the way the Leafs have divided up their salary cap and, and all those types of things. And, you know, if, if those guys can be dominant, if they can ever get into a playoff series and get two of the top lines really hobbing, I mean, that's, that's where success is probably going to be found for this group. And, and I think you have to feel good about, the chances of that because Nylander has played so well this year. Chris Johnston, our guest, TSN Hockey Insider. The Leafs win 5-2 over the Islanders last night at home, a place that Ilya Samsonov has been absolutely dominant this year. Like his record at home, CJ, I mean, it's crazy what's been going on. Not only his record at home, I mean, the Leafs as a whole have the second-best home record in the National Hockey League behind, of course, the Boston Bruins. I mean, Boston has every single... Dude, Boston has five <laughs> losses on the season. Boston has every single record in the NHL. 46 games in. Like, that's... The, what are they... What's it's, in the water in Boston? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's stupid. But incredible. as far as Samsonov goes, last night was his third consecutive start. Considering the way he played, wouldn't be surprised at all to see him start again tomorrow night, which would make it four in a row... Do you think maybe Samsonov pulling away a little bit from Matt Murray here as far as the tandem goes? Well, there's no question in this moment in time that's that's where we're at. Um, because remember, Matt Murray's last start, he was pulled in that game, and Samsonov uh, came in last week, and then he's, he's been running the table ever since. Uh, of course, the way goaltending performances go, I, I'm not saying that will be a predictor of what's happening when we get into March or April or what have you, but, I mean, this, is a, this was a tandem... I think, you know, where Matt Murray probably had the edge coming into the year, but it was not a decided, you're clearly the number one, Samsonov's the number two kind of situation. And, you know, I think we're seeing a little bit more and more of this around the league. You know, a team like Carolina's a top team, and they've run with three different goalies at various times this this season. Um, you know, I see it as a, a good good news story, quite frankly, for the Leafs, uh, because Samsonov, uh, you know, had a, had a difficult season last year in Washington. That You know, they chose not to give him a qualifying offer. Um, which which was a bit of a surprise decision at the time, and you know he's he's certainly found some form here in Toronto, and and you know should he scuffle a little bit at some point, I, I would expect Matt Murray will be given a chance to get a run of games. I think that that that's probably the, the healthiest and smartest way to go about dividing up the starts, and um, you know he's he's been on a great run, and look, they got four more games in a row here at home um, before the All Star break. So if you like Scotiabank Arena so much, you might get. Uh, might get a number of those no games. No kidding. Well, I think you have to, you know, basically come to the conclusion that the tandem vision that they had with both these goalies has gone way better than I think anybody ever oh, expected yeah. it to go. Oh, yeah. So that's a positive for the group. CJ, I think it's pretty safe to say with Boston being 18 points ahead of the sorry, 12 points ahead of the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Buffalo being eight points behind Tampa. We're looking at Toronto-Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoff matchup. You look at this roster of the Maple Leafs. If, this, if the playoffs started today, could this Maple Leafs team assembled the way that it is get a different result against Tampa in a seven-game playoff series? I, I think it could because... You know, the Tampa's players have talked about how close they felt that series was last year. I mean, Toronto had scored them 24-23 in a seven-game series. I, I realized they won one, one less game than they needed to move on. But, you know, they're in overtime in game six. Game seven was a close game. Um, you know, 
there's nothing that suggests to me, you know, it wasn't like Tampa ran them out of the rink in that series whatsoever. And so, you know, I, I do think that the Leafs are another year older, but not in a bad way. I mean, their their best players are still in the primes of their career. And, you know, I do think that it could be a different result, but it's, it's you know, we all know how tough it's going to be. Um, you know, the Lightning have been to three straight Stanley Cup finals, so it's not, not as though that they don't have another gear. I, I think for them, they, they don't mind even if they finish – uh, in a position where they have to come on the road to start the series. I think they're comfortable any way you want to play it. I believe it was their second Stanley Cup. I think they started every series on the road and still uh, went on to, to win the, the championship that year. So they're going to be a difficult out for anyone who plays them. But um, you know, I think the Leafs, they, they were right there a year ago. I, I don't see any reason to think they won't be having a great chance again. And, um, you know, it's it's a tough path out of the division. If, if they were to even beat the Lightning, you're probably placing – Boston in, in round two, and by that point, they might have the NHL's record for wins and points with the way their season's gone. CJ, we saw Rick Tockett coaching the Vancouver Canucks yesterday in practice, and he speaks to the media, and you know it seems like the Boudreaux era now in the rear view, regardless of how you perceived how everything went down. I mean, I think the Canucks are moving on. Perhaps we should, but there was a report yesterday, Rick Dollywall out of Vancouver saying that he believes that the Canucks may have contacted Mike Babcock before they landed on Rick Tockett as their coach. Have you heard anything on that front? I have not personally, no. And, and you know, to do that, they would have actually had to get permission from the Leafs if they mm. did uh, because, you know, Mike Babcock's still being paid by the Leafs. This is the last wow, season. Wow, must be nice. deal, deal that He's he still getting paid by the Leafs? <laughs> My goodness. Um, you know, I'm not going to refute the report, but I, I don't have anything to add to it or I, I don't know if it's true. You know, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I think Rick Tockett's been their guy in their minds for a long time um, just because of their connection, you know, with, with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Olivine having worked with them in Pittsburgh. Seems like they've they've had him in mind for a while. And when you talk about the Canucks moving forward, I mean, he's when you focus on him, he's got he's got a tough job here. Um, you know, the, the Canucks schedule actually softens if you look at it from where they've been. So, you know, maybe there'll be some more wins just, just from where they're at in their schedule. But... You know, he's probably going to see a few veterans traded out the door here before the deadline. And, uh, you know, that, that group's a long way away from being a long way away. So it's, uh, it's going, to be, going to be an uphill climb, I think, in Vancouver. You think Boudreaux gets another shot as a head coach in the NHL? I don't know. You know, I, I, this might sound kind of crazy. I almost feel like with the way it ended, yeah. there's a chance. You know, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, didn't, didn't like how this went down. Uh, you know, Bruce Pujo also, I think he's at the fourth best winning percentage by any coach who's coached over 500 NHL games. He's the second fastest in league history to 600 wins. You know, he's, he's had a lot of success where he's won. I mean, even in Vancouver last year, he, he helped get that team from way down in the mud almost to the playoffs. Um, I, I, it's probably a long shot because he's 68 years old. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I mean, he's, he's been quite clear. I mean, he's done multiple interviews since being fired on Sunday, which is not always the way it goes, um, because he wants it, it to be known that he's ready to coach. He wants another shot. And so I'd say never say never on that front. But, uh, you know, time is clearly ticking down for him. And I think that that explains some of the emotion we saw from Bruce Boudreaux in, in the last couple games he coached in Vancouver, because I think he's 
had to face the possibility that this is the end of the road for him as an NHL head coach. Yeah, I saw a clip yesterday. Boudreaux's first goal in the NHL was against Jim Rutherford. Yeah. Did you guys see that? that was, wasn't that close? Yeah. Like in 1971 or something yeah. like that. That's funny. That's huh? probably why Jimmy Rutherford lined yeah. well, yeah, up the drives. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll never forget you like, scored your first yeah. goal against that was a nice. It was a nice goal, too. Boudreaux was flying out there. He had some wheels back in the day. Uh, very impressive stuff. Uh, CJ, thank you for doing this for us. As always, we appreciate your time. Have a great day. Thanks for not mentioning the Cowboys. Yes, I know. I know. I know. It was a good run. It was a good run. Yeah, as, as Pierre Lebron wrote to Duthie, at least we won a game. You got the uh, small victories, small victories. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, the bar is quite low in Dallas. That's <laughs> uh, our hockey insider, Chris Johnston. Big Cowboys fan. That's everybody at TSN. LeBron, Mark Rowe. We got we to give we got to give D Row a call at some point soon here, you know. See what's going on at the Australian Open. Australian Open, man. They're they're down to the final week. Yeah, I can't I can't keep track of the Australian Open. This guy's working crazy hours. The the time changes. I just have no idea what's live, what's taped, who's where, when. I I can't figure it out. Just had a big win this morning to advance to the semifinals. He's going to play Kachanov. Oh, Carol Kachanov. Yeah. All right. And on the other semifinal, it's Djokovic. I'd have to look at who he's playing. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Top of the hour. We're going to have that information for you on the other side. We also got Mark Dominic, a special edition of Who Says No, where we conjure up different trade ideas, contract ideas, and determine which team, which player, which coach, manager, whatever, says no, perhaps says yes. That's coming mm-hmm. up in hour number three plus, perhaps. Our waste management keyword of the day.